0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. This song now reminds me of Umbrella Academy. It's part of the uh, first episode. I've watched that dance scene. Uh, well, I watched it the original time at the cabin. I watched it once with my wife earlier this week. And last night, went back and rewatched it twice. And then this morning with my daughters, I watched it another three times. This song, Put to Dancing, is infectious. I get it. Why Footloose. I'm not saying I like the movie. But I get why that movie was absolutely a ridiculous success 37 years
0: ago solid movie not as good as dirty dancing but a really good movie i don't really like either movie what i'm just, I'm just i don't really
1: like either movie i didn't really stutter there
0: how do you not like dirty dancing
1: I, it's just not my cup of tea it's it's a raw it's, it's not even a rom-com it's a romantic movie uh it's well acted it's a great performance but it just it's there's nothing about it i will put baby in the corner and no one will tell me whether I can put baby in the corner or not. Not
0: even Patrick Swayze. Oh, he will. Nope. Because nope. No, cause, cause, cause if you do, he he turns into the bouncer from Roadhouse. He's going to kick your ass. You know why he won't? Because he's dead. I'm going to let that- you segue out of that one.
1: <laughs> but yes, I don't care. Uh, sorry. Neither movie is my cup of tea. I'm I'm about to get myself in trouble cuz I made my Dave Matthews band reference in the last segment and somebody was like, "Wait, wait, wait now. Don't gloss over that. What are your thoughts on Dave Matthews?" I will not. However, one of the five questions we asked was uh, about uh whose Twitter account would you like to take over? And this is because um this is because some Crypto Jag bought Radio Shack and he's trying to, or he's is some, uh, you know, young investor bought Radio Shack and he's trying to turn Radio Shack into a crypto company. And part of the way to get, uh, uh, interest in the company is he's taken over or he has either impl- employed somebody to basically just kind of be outrageous on social media. Like, uh, this was something out here saying, and this one actually did make me laugh. He tweeted this saying, taking the second half of an edible after feeling nothing from the first half is always a bad idea. This chocolate bar got me out here fighting for my life. (laughs) (laughs) So, one, very funny. Two, incredibly relatable. But like, uh, (laughs) so here's another one. Any interaction with this tweet will be considered for a chance to win catching these MF radio hands. So, like, there is some funny stuff. He also has done some pretty vile stuff as well. It just, I just, the guy who bought Radio Shack, which feels weird, because he also owns, like, he owns other, like, kind of, like, vintage brands, like Model Sporting Goods stores. Um, I don't think he, there's, like, another clothing or a boutique store, like a formerly, like, big uh, boutique store that he kind of owns. It basically does viral marketing. The goal is—it doesn't matter what happens. The goal is to get the name of the company in uh, in the news. This has done that. the The tweet that he had put up three or four days ago, and the one that actually uh, that kind of appealed directly to itty bitty fitty, basically said itty bitty fitty doesn't make very good life decisions. Is is the one that got it went viral. I'm torn between this is the stupidest thing ever, and the tweets are actually pretty funny. Not not all of them. They don't all slap. But like, he definitely comes back at people who, who talks like one of the days he said, hey, Miley Cyrus. He literally at Miley Cyrus. You up? <laughs> There's a photo of a woman with batteries and there was a joke made. You can infer what that joke might be. I, I like our show being on the air. Itty bitty fitty. What's a kind of joke? If you were given the anonymity of Radio Shack, are you more likely to make a inappropriate joke? Are you more likely to tweet somebody famous? Or are you more likely to just
0: go as vile and blue as possible? What do you think I would choose? You would go as vile and blue yeah, as possible. I, look, I'm a very uh, vile human being. I, I would go...
1: Yeah, but you 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 won't eat you won't drink coffee with a gnat in it. Look I,
0: I, look, I have my own contradiction. Sue me. <laughs> but yes, my my tweet would be it would be vile. It would be disgusting.
1: So you wouldn't use it to slide into the DMs of a famous attractor because that that I think is the goal here. Like you are such a perv, and you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of great notches in your belt. Wow, all right, you're walking around bragging about uh about about dating girls who are lancaster Fours yeah, yeah, that that's like if you were to slide into miley Cyrus's dms and you were to spend an amorous night with miley cyrus that that's a pelt you can throw up there with the best of them oh, 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 local TV anchor wham miley Cyrus, right uh, really attractive girl from uptime, Wham, Miley Cyrus. And then you could even make the joke, the Wrecking Ball joke. But that's different. Don't do that right now. <laughs> I just I just want to read all of these on air. Um no, nope, can't read that one. There's just a bunch of one. A bunch of of one that I, that I just can't even come close to reading. Have fun with your new batteries, Rachel. He tags Pornhub in one of them
0: <laughs> in relation to Wendy's. Uh, I, I can't. Uh, I can't. So I can't go any further. Did than you that go one. down the rabbit hole to figure out why that Twitter account was tweeting the way it was? Cause like, yeah, like, like, I, it's the first thing I did because I thought were they hacked? It's not. It is a purposeful thing they're doing. Yeah, because like, I, I read like the first like ten to fifteen tweets and I just assumed that. Somebody had taken over the account and just didn't change the name. Kind of mm-hmm. like the old Chargers Twitter account back in the old days.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. No, no, no. This is the new new guy bought it. trying to reinvent Radio Shack as a cryptocurrency and has is either or has somebody tweeting just like a 19-year-old in college stoned off his ass. Not a bad – again, we're talking about it. I don't know that
0: I buy into that. <laughs> well, it's unethical, but we're talking about it. So is it really that bad? Yeah, it's not, still not great. They go to the Jerry Jones School of Thought. Any publicity is good publicity.
1: Uh, the, the unfortunate thing is he's doing this because he's turning Radio Shack into a, a cryptocurrency company. And there's probably not a worse time in history to have a, a cryptocurrency company. Uh, Luke had sent in on the Garage Door Guru text line. because One of the questions, one of this... So this turned into whose Twitter account would you like to take over? Whether it's for a day, a week, a month, a year. And we had we had so I had said LeBron, because I want to make whatever LeBron makes to tweet, I want to make that if if it's for a day or tweeting for LeBron, if I get the money in his account that goes for one year would set me up for life. That's not hyperbole. And Luke actually backs it up. Because he asked, "Do I get to make the money the celeb makes on Twitter if I take over said account?" Because Cristiano Ronaldo makes eight hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars per tweet. What? I would just I would do that annoying thing of tweeting one letter at a time, and I would have a thousand tweets in an hour. Like, and now, granted, you would then lose the the Twitter account, <laughs> but. We, we'll get to that in just a second because you and I saw it at the same time. But if I just tweet ten times,
0: you're loaded for life. That's eight million dollars, eight eight and a half million dollars. What more do you need than that? So, because I I actually, actually do not know this. Are they getting the money straight from Twitter? Is this a part of their other existing sponsorships that they have, where they get eight hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars per tweet? Uh. Yeah, because it, like I didn't know that was
1: like so. Well, there's a lot of different ways this works. Sometimes if you post about it, you get paid like McDonald's will pay you a certain amount for each social media post. Right. Uh, sometimes it's like a collective thing. Like you just literally have a sponsorship deal just for your social media. So they don't even have to sponsor you. Otherwise, you'll just,
0: you know, it's PNC Bank brings you LeBron's tweets. How did nobody say Robbie Anderson's Twitter account? No. Now, he, he's
1: taking. You can't. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with Robbie's Twitter? He, he's not making. Nobody's paying Robbie Anderson to tweet. Mostly because he can't tell what the hell he's saying. So, like, who, who wants to take over Robbie's account? Would you just be coherent for 24 hours? Is that your revenge? (laughs) Would you not drop footballs on the football field
0: for 24 hours? Is that how you get revenge on Robbie Anderson? It'd be a 24-hour apology towards a Baker Mayfield on Twitter after just railing him on Twitter and Sam Darnold.
1: Uh, Revenge
0: on Robbie
1: Anderson isn't enough. I'm in this for the money. 602 number saying, does Kyle Bailey's ass have a Twitter account? <laughs> I bet you if somebody's listening to us talking about, uh, about, you know, taking over Twitter accounts and now bringing up 602 numbers saying, does Kyle Bailey's ass have a Twitter account? If it does end up having a Twitter account, I'm my calves are going to have to get a Twitter account <laughs> and I will take a picture of my calves for said Twitter account So it has an avi. It won't be an egg. I'm not a coward. My calves are not cowards. <laughs> so, how do you do that? Like I'm cuz the one gray area they don't know is it's just any tweet. Or cuz like sometimes it'll be like you specifically have to tweet about said product to get paid. Right. Because I don't know how they don't
0: um I don't know how they don't abuse this. That there's, to me is what's crazy about that. There's got to be some clause in those contracts, right? Where there's like a limited amount of tweets they get like, 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 LeBron's not getting paid for reactions to Steph's performance in the finals. So he's not getting paid
1: for Taco Tuesday. Actually, he might get paid yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty from the city saying, IBF's laugh should have a Twitter account. Uh, also, AJ saying, yes, Nick is right. They get money for sponsorship if it's promoting the company, but they also get money for overall engagement. So someone like LeBron obviously gets a ton of engagement for any tweet. So I'm taking over LeBron's account. I mean, think about it. Think about, like, how, I, how okay, if it's, let's, we're just going to make up numbers here. But if it's the Cristiano Ronaldo thing of $860,000 a tweet, how many of those do you have to tweet before you, one, finish, uh, the final tweet is, F you guys, I'm out. And, but, but you just walk off in the sunset and we don't ever hear from you again. Because I don't, I said ten tweet. That's eight point six million dollars after taxes. You're probably still talking about three or four million
0: dollars. Um, but I'm it's got to be like where you're in the twenty. Like you're when you're done, you're taking home twenty five million.
1: I like that. That's your number. For some reason,
0: you've settled on twenty five million dollars. Well, because like, didn't we like establish that after taxes, twenty five millions you could do what you want to do, mm-hmm. but set your your family up for life, your grandchildren, and like. Like for you your cabin boys, for me it'd be flounder. Like mm-hmm. those people could also be taken care of for 25 million dollars. Yeah,
1: I'm taking care of my wife and kids for 25 million dollars. Cabin boys, love you. I'll buy. We'll have we'll share a cabin. Okay? Wow. But it's once we get to 35-40, that's when the cabin boys start to see residuals. Beyond that, good 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 god. Uh Chip in a Tub saying, if Max Nosewhistle can have a Twitter account, then so can Nick Wilson's calves and Kyle Bailey's ass. Uh, whose Twitter account? What celebrity Twitter, Twitter or Twitter or Twitter account would you take over? I'm all about the money. I'm not here to set anybody up or get anybody fired. I just want the money that goes with LeBron or Cristiano Ronaldo's or whoever else is famous hot on social media with all this kind of money making it. That's what I'm in for. Yeah, Matt Rule's no-win situation next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Hey. Sports Radio two seven FNZ, Nick Wilson, itty-bitty-fitty, and uh, banner moment on the show. We we have talked a lot about each other's body parts today. Well, itty-bitty-fitty can stop making an ass out of himself and attacking the boss. You attacked him on air earlier today
0: for not doing what? He still hasn't restocked the apple pies in the vending area, and mm-hmm. he doesn't follow me on Twitter. Okay. What? So now we're just adding things in oh, case yeah, we get to. It's a so list. Is it apple
1: pies or do you want the buns? No, it's the apple pies. Okay, because I, I we were just down there because I so I forgot ranch today, so I had to buy a salad, so I could take ranch out of it and eat it with my vegetables. That's where I'm at today, and uh, and so I saw Mrs. Freshley's buns, and I was like, uh oh. Somebody's got a Mia Culpa coming. But if it's apple pies, I don't know the difference. I've never had Mrs.
0: Freshley's apple pie. Oh. Have you I, ever had JJ's apple pies, like you know, the 99-cent like ones in the nope, grocery store? Nope. I think you're missing an opportunity here, though.
1: To do there, what? There is, a, there is a market not being fulfilled here in in our building. There is a, a bunch of people who love Mrs. Freshley's apple pies, and those people aren't getting what. Because it's not just you; you turned Mac on to them. Uh, if they're out, it means that the uh, the people around the building have been eating them. I think since the vendor is clearly dropping the ball here, you're blaming it on uh, Jeff, but it's really whoever supplies that. I think you got to go to uh, to like Costco. Get one of those great value packs of it, and then sell it for like seventy five percent markup. How much do, how much is it down there?
0: It's like with tax, a dollar thirteen? Okay. so if you are buying those in bulk,
1: I would imagine that those probably per unit, you're talking fifty cents per unit. So if you can just charge people, hey, just give me a, a buck fifteen. You're talking about sixty five percent markup on Mrs. Freshley's. Think about the kind of money you could make. You you want to get your G's up. I think I just came up with a business plan
0: for you. So here's the, this is this is a great idea, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm. But, I, I know. I didn't need you to say. You're saying by the way. I knew it was a great idea when I was pitching it to you.
0: When we're on the air, who who's running who's running the business? That's not really. No, no, no. They come to us. We advertise
1: in our window here. Oh, they got to come to the studio. They've got to come to the studio. They got to wait for the break, or they can will we'll like you. You can you can run out to the little area we have here. And uh, all I ask is ten percent for uh, coming up with the idea. That's it,
0: only ten percent.
1: Well, yeah, because ten percent over time is going to, you know, the first couple, the first couple of Mrs. Freshley's packages. I'm not going to make a lot. I'm talking long-term royalties. This is a song. This is songwriting, you know, in 1968. That's the kind of long-term play I'm making here.
0: Well, you and I both watch The Sopranos. We know what ten percent eventually becomes. Yep. We put the whole vending guy out of business because we just have our own vending area back there.
1: Listen, uh. We don't have to say that out loud, all right? We might we might have long term ambitions. That's that vending guy's problem. So, well, I th- I thought you were in luck. I thought they had finally delivered. But uh, in the meantime, it's interesting. We had uh, Charles Davis was on the station with the Mac attack, and he was talking about the situation that the Panthers are in, given the timelines of Matt Corral and and Matt Rule.
0: Out of this group. I said many, many times,
1: Matt Corral was my favorite. And the reason being, I like the toughness. I like the moxie. I like the accuracy. I like the improvement I saw through college. The biggest questions he had were really, is he the leader you're looking for? Is he a guy mature enough to be that guy? And he had a share of bumps along the way. And what my people told me, my, my spies, right, my my embedded informants, <laughs> is that this kid had better over his last two years at Mississippi and became one of those guys that the team did look towards. So I was bullish on Matt Corral going in. Uh, we actually have to stop what we're talking about because this if this is true, this is a ca- like another huge, huge bit of news coming out for college football realignment. Uh, John Wilner, who handles uh, the Pac-12 hotline I don't know what the hell that is. Maybe people in Pac-12 country know. Uh, Reporting source, USC and UCLA are planning to leave for the Big Ten as early as 2024. Move has not been finalized at the highest level of powers. So we were wondering, is there a move out there that Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC could mimic for the ACC? And... One of the reasons why I've been so insistent that the ACC really does need to just get its head out of his ass and start making significant moves. Jim Phillips has talked a lot about not wanting ACC football to be thought of as an afterthought. He's wanted to prioritize it. Well, the two biggest conferences in the sport have added four of the biggest programs in the sport. USC football going to the Big Ten would be huge. UCLA basketball going to the Big Ten would be huge. I can't help but feel, though. Also, this also also tells you George Klyakov is just an awful commissioner. Larry Scott wasn't great, but Klyakov came in in a position of weakness and has done literally nothing to solidify the Pac-12. So if USC and UCLA do go to the Big Ten, as being reported, as early as 2024... What Pac-12 remnants would you like to see the ACC make a run at? Because I'll say right now that I know Oregon is on the opposite end of the country. They make the most sense. But Oregon financially adding to this, and from a football perspective, Oregon walks into the SEC or Big Big Ten, it's not a competition. It's not a fair fight. You walk into the ACC – Oregon versus Clemson, Oregon versus Florida state. My thing is you're not just going to add Oregon. You're probably going to want to add probably another three schools just to, so you can have your, your Western pod.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, so, I mean, Oregon would definitely be the first no brainer from a money standpoint in the fact that they've made a final four, they They've played for a national championship in basketball um, Stanford, just because of the pedigree from the academic standpoint, um, which means a lot to the ACC um, it's just
1: so weird because even, even in the West coast, Oregon's just all the way the hell up there. <laughs> so it's like, although I guess, I mean, where Stanford's at, it's not really that far, but like, it's just weird to me to picture all these schools that are, you know, kind of Southern so, Southwest United States. And then Oregon yeah, um, it just feels like Oregon is the ultimate an, uh, anomaly. And we do have a 980 number saying, I, I think their, their name is just American flag. I don't know how you get that, but American flag saying Oregon, Stanford, and Utah. I think Utah is an interesting school. Um, They're just a really steady football. I always thought like, I have no idea. I always love to do like in my head, like correlations. I always thought Utah was like the Virginia of the Pac-12, even though they haven't been the Pac-12 for that long. Like they're really good, really respectable program. They're just not a great program. I'll tell you, you know what? Here's one. If you're gonna add Notre Dame, if you would add Oregon, BYU, I would rather have BYU than Utah. They're I, going Big Twelve though. I didn't think that was official. I
0: knew all the AC, a- AAC schools were. I didn't know BYU was. I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering back to the whole conference realignment thing, because a lot has just happened in the last year. I think they, I think they went in with the Houston's, the Memphises. The Cincinnati... I mean, I may be wrong. Um, oh, no, you're right. Okay. It, it
1: joins... Uh, I don't know why I didn't remember that. It joins uh, the, the
0: Big 12 in 2023. Ultimately, I don't think it matters. I think if if, if, if that's true, that's the beginning of the end of the Pac-12 in the ACC.
1: Well, if that's true... Yeah, the is interesting. Because I think the only way... Any of the other three survive is if the ACC, Big Twelve, and the remnants of the Pac-12 band together. Like you, this is, I think, what we saw when the Big Twelve added the 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 schools that they added. It was a short-term move Mm -hmm. because they didn't preserve the conference. They didn't add a lot of power. Yeah. So the problem is. The newly minted, new re, newly reformed Big 12 and the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA and the rest of the ACC, it's a lot of teams. It's not a lot of great programs. I don't know financially how much it's adding. I would imagine, and if you guys are just joining us, the, the news here is uh, there's a report saying USC and UCLA are planning to leave for the Big 10 as early as 2024. And uh, here's another thing I'm just going to say. The A or ACC should be on the phone with those two schools, saying, "Why don't UCLA, USC, Oregon, and maybe one of the Arizona schools come over this way?" I think if you are the AAC or ACC, excuse me, you've got to throw a hail mary pass because this isn't to me. Texas and Oklahoma—that that's just that—is the football power of one conference. USC and UCLA are not the same to me, but they are two premier powerhouse. They're the two ones you'd want to have historically out of the Pac-12. This is huge, man. And here's the thing. I am not fatalistic. You've said it that and I think a lot of people share. Eventually we're gonna have two giant conferences. It's gonna be the Big Twelve versus the or the Big Ten versus the SEC. Yep. I don't necessarily I'm not fatalistic in that thinking, but like to me, Jim Phillips has been more focused on the headquarters and less focused on, you know, the future of the conference. It doesn't matter where you have a headquarters if you get absorbed or get forcefully taken over. Okay, that's a little bit of hyperbole. If you get absorbed or getting, you have to, you know, turn yourself over to half of the Big Ten, half of the SEC.
0: This is going to be a great day for Twitter because Twitter, the 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 college football media is going to melt down for the next 12 hours or so. Mm -hmm. I want to commend those two athletic departments for doing this, like Texas and Oklahoma, and it never being leaked until it's it's done. So, because in this world, how does that happen? Well, no, no, no. The Texas Oklahoma thing was leaked, and we, and we didn't believe it. What when they wanted it to be leaked? Okay, I, I see. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. That's a really interesting point. Because remember, they they either the SEC had they just concluded their media days. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were leaving. I think it's still in Hoover, Alabama. It was done, yep. and then the report came out. Oh, Texas and you to join the the SEC in the in in twenty twenty five. This is gonna send shockwaves, but you're right about Jim Phillips. Not a visionary. Yeah. We we thought we were getting the visionary because that was the one guy when, when he took over the conference.
1: Okay, in fairness, there's one visionary in in in, in college football. There oh, is. I'm sorry. It's Greg Sankey. It
0: is. Yeah. This is this is Kevin Warren
1: reacting. The Big Ten Commissioner, Kevin Warren, this is him reacting to but at, that. At this least is this he's is a good G-
0: job. No, this is this is this is as good as you could have done. Ain't well and if, if, if they pull Notre Dame, they don't beat the SEC. They're on par with the SEC. Yeah, I but I, I,
1: I've I never really bought into the idea. Well, the ACC, uh, Notre Dame is contractually obligated to join the ACC. It's a contract. It can be torn up, especially as if the ACC starts to erode or if conference it, like or confidence in it. Notre Dame joining the Big Ten, I like that point. It would be one of the few things that you could do that could kind of. Sorry, Notre Dame, UCLA, and USC joining the Big Ten would be akin to uh, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. And you know what? I don't know why. If you're the Big Ten and you're just looking to make money, I don't know why you stop at USC and, and UCLA. They won't. I would add Oregon. I think I think Oregon is a brilliant add. I think they should add Kansas too, because that's because to me, I think that's where you know for. I think the ACC and Big Ten, from a competitiveness landscape, are mirrors of each other. ACC basketball is king. ACC football is secondary. In the Big Ten, it's all about football, and occasionally we'll think about basketball. So, if we're out here saying that the ACC needs to be adding Notre Dame football, needs to be adding Oregon football, the the Big Ten does need some just powerhouse basketball programs ucla uh, ucla and usc are planning to leave for the big 10 as early as 2024 the move has not been finalized at the highest level of power uh, according to john wilner we'll see we'll see what else comes out of this but uh huge huge stuff coming out in college football final segment of the show next on sports radio 92.7 fnz Sports Radio, 92.7 FNC. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Uh, Huge, huge news out of the world of college sports. Conference realignment about to take a whole nother level here. Uh, John Wilner, legendary. I've been informed he's a legendary uh, Pac-12 reporter saying USC and UCLA are on the verge of joining the Big Ten starting in as early as 2024 the latest wave of conference realignment, and Dennis Dodd. I don't know if there's any validity to this or the idea, but uh, Dennis Dodd sending out, uh, saying, this is the last helicopter out of Saigon syndrome. Big tw- Big Ten and SEC will be making $80 million per school, at least $30 million more than the next conference. I'd check the leanings of Clemson, Florida State, and Miami right now. I know. I'm sure there are a lot of traditionalists that think, "Well, just put those teams in the SEC." As somebody who grew up in Big Ten country, Ohio State versus Clemson every year does something for me. Ohio State versus Florida State every year, Michigan versus Miami every year, or every couple years, or every year for the national or for the, uh, uh, the the conference title that does something for me. I'm sure that a lot of those teams that end up going to the uh, SEC, but man, I'd love to see some of these schools being added. Not Pitt. I don't need Pitt being added to the Big Ten. I don't need... Uh, Virginia would be a fine institution to add. I don't necessarily... You know what? I actually would like... North Carolina and Duke going to the Big Ten would have absolute like real-life consequences because it would put... Big 10 basketball on par, it would essentially, you know what? I lied or I was wrong. In the last segment, I said there's no move on par with Texas and with Oklahoma joining the SEC. From a football perspective, that's probably true. USC and UCLA are, are, are phenomenal ads by the Big 10 if this happens. It's not Texas and Oklahoma. But from a basketball perspective, if Duke and North Carolina were to join the Big Ten, that would be that would be as big from a basketball perspective as Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. That'd be huge. Itty bitty fitty. Where we, if we start divvying up the ACC, which we're not doing, although I am uh, absolutely going into Dennis Dodd's uh, less helicopter out of Saigon syndrome tweed. If we're divvying up. The ACC, where would you want to see different schools go?
0: Uh, Carolina and Duke would be in the Big Ten. That was the rumor back when this all started back in 2012. Um, And from a football standpoint, it would kind of be where they are now where they could be competitive and mostly get their ass kicked. (laughs) Basketball, they would still be able to hold their own. They'd still be premier programs. That's all I care about. Football, I would envision at least Clemson and Florida State in the SEC. Miami could be up for grabs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those two would have a stranglehold in the SEC, and I, I, I think this was this was inevitable ten, ten, 10 years ago, and it just got brought back to light last year when Texas to know you bolted for the SEC because what makes college sports college sports no longer it's, it's no longer about that it's all about the money and thirty million dollars well, yeah it's hard to say no to thirty million dollars more a year I mean the
1: other thing I would say is it's always been all about the money. This revisionist history or, or reworking history in real time of, oh, college athletics doesn't mean anything. No, it's just now all out in the open. That's actually the best thing for college sports. The bagman out in the open. The fact that uh, conferences uh, are now, have been, and always will be uh, greedy, money-hungry pigs and in no way in it for the betterment of the student-athlete. That's good that that's out in the open. The fact that the student athlete can now uh, get money in, in, in face of everyone—that's also out there. That's good for the sport. It's a diff. It will be different. There's no way. Like Mike Gundy, the uh, the prophet that he is, the other day said, I can't remember where he said it, but he said uh, in two years, college football or you know, college athletics won't look the same anymore. Where have you been the last 15 years, Mike? Whoa, easy there, Nostradamus! Reel in the hot takes with the bold predictions. You know what? Tomorrow, tomorrow on the show, there's a promise on the show. You and I will be dissecting. We're going to be diving up. We're going to be making. I'll represent the Big Ten. You represent the SEC. Why?
0: Because you're the Southerner. I'm the Yankee. Oh no, so. okay. Don't don't insult yourself like that. Okay, I'm the Midwesterner. Yeah, you're not which, as bad as a damn Yankee. Thank you. Gosh, we're just being real
1: nice to each other today. <laughs> but tomorrow on the show, you and I, I'll represent the Big Ten, and you'll represent the SEC, and we will have negotiations on divvying up the, the, the various programs in in college athletics. Okay. How about that? We'll, we'll create the Nick Wilson Big Ten in the itty-bitty-fitty SEC. All right. I get everyone that I want, and you get no one that you want. Cause I am the host. How does that work?
0: I don't like it. Tough. That's how the ACC feels right now. <laughs> That's how,
1: you're you're basically George Klyakov. Sorry, sorry. You're Jim Phillips. Sorry, buddy. Would all right. You are the ACC honk here. If John Swafford lives another three or four years. Lives, good lord! Jesus, sorry, John, didn't mean to kill you anybody. Them, if he stays on the job for four more years, can is, is, does he have enough power and sway in college sports to to make it three conferences instead of two conferences? In the we're talking about ten years down the road.
0: I, I feel like he would have been more, I guess, aggressive in trying to preserve the ACC because he knew how he knows how important that conference is. Jim Phillips never understood how important the ACC is to those of us that love the ACC. So he doesn't really give a damn that it's watered down it's no longer what it was. That was the one thing Swofford did. That's why he did everything he could to preserve the conference and sign that now god-awful TV deal. Because at the time, that's how he preserved his conference.
1: Oh, so the latest here, USC, UCLA. Uh, could very well be on their way to the Big Ten, triggering the next round of conference realignment. Uh, let's get to the Mark Spain real estate Nick pick. This one I don't get. The Braves are plus 130 against the, the Phillies tonight. It's Aaron Nola versus Ian Anderson. I get why the Braves might be the underdog. I just don't get why it's plus 130, given how conservative uh, these odds are. I will go ahead... I'm going to take the Braves plus 130. They're on the road. I've been really bad this week, guys. I haven't got one damn baseball pick right. But tonight's the night we get it right, baby. Uh, let's get to it now. we got about uh, five minutes left in the show. Give us a call, 704-570-9610. It's time for What You're Burning On. Hey, Bitty
0: Fitty. I think I'm sort of burning on this news because I know that it's going to tear apart a conference that I that I love very deeply. It's not going to change Carolina's stature as a competitor or the premier program in college basketball. Whether they ultimately end up in the Big Ten or the SEC, it just won't be the same. And 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 the ACC honking me that loves this conference to death never wanted to see it dissolve. But this was this is what they get for bringing in those god awful schools from the Big East 20 years ago. It, they did it to themselves. They allowed themselves by bringing in mediocre ish programs at the time to try to keep themselves relevant on the football side of things. They, they've they allowed themselves to be swallowed up. That's what they deserve. It still just ticks me off. Um, Yeah, I guess I understand. Um,
1: you know, it's weird because I am as somebody who is a fan of college sports, specifically college football and college basketball, but did not I'm not die hard. like I'm not a diehard Big Ten guy. I'm not a diehard ACC guy. My biggest thing is I just want the great rivalries um, impact, right? So, like, that's why to meet Texas and NOU going to the SEC. Well, that rivalry is intact. That, to me, is most important. So, in one way, I am excited about the idea of having USC, UCLA in the same conference with Michigan and Ohio State. I'm, I'm excited about the idea of maybe Duke and North Carolina in the same conference as any of the schools we've talked about. But it absolutely, like we've gone where there was, it wasn't necessarily stagnant, but that growth always felt measured in college athletics and in the last 15 years. Mostly because of the lack of movement, the lack of responsibility, the lack of care by the NCAA. It's just things have fallen apart from the tradition. And and that to me is where it is. This isn't just about John Swafford who made the the Faustian deals he had to make. It isn't just about um, Jim Delaney or Greg Sankey or Kevin Warren or George Koliakoff or Larry Scott or Bob Bowlesby. It's not just about those guys. To me, if 30 years ago, the NCAA would have, over time, loosened its grip on—not even 30—40 years ago, would have slowly loosened its grip on college athletics and college athletes and found a way to reposition their power with the money instead of being warlords over 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids— maybe this could have happened more symmetrically maybe this could have happened more evenly today is just an example of the failed leadership and the whorish nature of college athletics and the leadership that 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 leads them into this it sucks on some level it sucks on some level it's exciting new can be exciting but unfortunately this is all a result of the micro macro and in between leadership issues in college athletics so tomorrow I don't think we're going to do a draft. I think we're going to—it's going to be the uh, the negotiations for the Nick Wilson Big Ten, the itty bitty fitty uh, SEC as the southerner on the show. Uh, big thanks to all our guests. We we had this news, so it's kind of uh, put the kibosh on. us. Beth Troutman, she was fantastic with a bit with Beth Trevor Sykema of Pro Football Focus, Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network. Check all that out on. WFNZ.com check out the full hours, interviews, bits and don't forget, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to the Nick Wilson Show podcast, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere, rate and subscribe to the Nick Wilson Show podcast, we'll be back tomorrow, the hack song of the week leads off the show, we've got the Jim Salania gold brick, we're going to do our super conference something or other, I'll brand it I'll brand it by tomorrow at 10am, until then Nick Wilson for Itty Bitty Fitty saying stay safe and be good Charlotte lord i love you carolina
0: hasta la vista baby oh and in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night see you later John. i'm sure that's all folks okay bye